0: Bullshit. The OBS no Marketing Show is brought to you by Laramore's Men's and Women's Designer Clothing. Free shipping, free returns. Shop Men's and Women's Designer Clothing, Shoes, Accessories, Jewelry, and more online at larimores.com or in store downtown Pittsburgh. It's the OBS no Marketing Show. I'm your host, Dave Mastovich. Our guest today is Kate Lambert of Stage AE. But first, let's hit the bullseye. When you want to cut paper, cardboard, cloth rope, whatever, you grab a pair of scissors, right? What's the most common color of handles on those scissors? Thanks to Fiskars, the company that sold more than a billion scissors, that color is usually orange. Fiskars' orange scissors are such a key part of the company's brand that they won a lawsuit to trademark its color orange, becoming that rare company to successfully trademark, a color. Now Fiskers is celebrating the 50th anniversary of those famous orange scissors. The obvious question I have is why orange? Was the designer from Tennessee or Syracuse, Bethel Park, Blairsville, or Latrobe? Nope, it's not tied to the school colors of colleges or high schools. The story goes like this. Back in 1967, the plastics industry was exploding. Think of that scene in the classic movie, The Graduate. Before my time, but I remember In school, people talking about it, I had a professor that spent a great deal of time talking about the movie The Graduate. A middle-aged man offers Dustin Hoffman's character, yes, Dustin Hoffman was like about 20, his character, Benjamin Bradford, some career advice, and he says, one word, plastics. That's because plastic was becoming a part of more items in and around the house. At that time, industrial designer Olaf Backstrom was creating plastic tabletops and other home goods at Fiskars. He had some bright orange plastic left over from making orange juicers, so he used it for his prototype scissors. He took a pair of typical heavy metal shears, combined it with the light, durable plastic, and designed a handle that actually curved to fit the user's hands a first. According to Jay Gillespie, Fisker's current VP of marketing, the company decided to vote on what color the final scissors design would be before it went into production. At the time, Gillespie says, colors like orange and lime were popular. They voted to stick with orange. An icon was born from that vote, Gillespie says. Backstrom's user-friendly design was more than a random workshop accident. The scissors were a product of the rise of both plastics and ergonomic design in the 1960s. Back then it was new, but now it's rare to find a pair of scissors that don't have curved plastic handles, that fit in your hand. That's some no BS marketing. Focus on making your product work better for your customers. The company wisely continued with the orange color and made it synonymous with the brand. Those orange handled scissors now mean something to current and prospective customers and employees too. Building a brand involves making an emotional impact, standing out from the competition, and telling your story in a memorable fashion. Fisker's orange-colored scissors have done just that for the past 50 years to hit the bullseye. Our guest today is going to talk to you about brand building because she's involved with with some major, major players in sponsorships for Stage AE. It's Kate Lambert, Director of Sponsorships for Promo West Productions at Stage AE. She's met and exceeded goals set for sponsorship revenue from day one for the venue, along with managing the VIP box seat sales at Stage AE. She's been fundamental in outlining and executing marketing strategies with big-time companies, obviously American Eagle, stage AE, McDonald's, Coors Light, Highmark, and many others. In episode one, she talked to us about going to Ohio University, growing up in Columbus, having to find a job while living at home with her parents after college, and using the phone book. Yes, the phone book was a big marketing tool back in the mid to late 80s through the mid-90s until this thing, the internet, became popular. She landed a big-time first job. She's very humble about it. She landed a job at Kraft, worked there for a number of years, then went to Nabisco. Now, Kraft and Nabisco are together now, but back then they were competitors. She did all kinds of sales, relationship building, and promotions for both Kraft and Nabisco. She also then moved into a period where she took some time off while raising her children who are now in high school. And then when stage AE was opening. She was brought out of retirement to come back and rock it at Stage (laughs) A.E. She then told us a bunch of stories about Marilyn Manson and some other things in Episode 1. Kate, welcome to the show. Thank you. So let's just touch a little bit more about Stage A.E. to recap if someone's just picking up uh, episode two. You told us that cool Marilyn Manson story. Any other stories about shows? You said you now go to so many shows and and you weren't a big concert goer, but now you're able to know young and old shows. But any other acts that jump out at you where there's like a little funny anecdote that to us non people in people not in the business, it'll be interesting, too.
1: Um, I can't think of a funny story right off the top of my head. Um, I will say though, that, that seeing live music, um, on a weekly basis is such a treat. And I, I would encourage all of your listeners to come out to stage AE if they haven't, I can't believe some people still haven't. I'll, I'll talk to fans and they'll express that it's their first time there. There's nothing like an outdoor show with, uh, Heinz Field behind you and, and looking at our stage with the superb lighting under a moonlit uh, sky. Um, so please, please, please come out and catch a show.
0: I went to, uh, I think it was WXXP had their one of their anniversaries there. Okay. Yeah, and I went to that show there. I went to a couple other ones. But I, I know I can remember dropping my son off there for I think <laughs> when it was his first concert. I was nervous. but uh, So my sons have gone quite a few times. But as I said in the first show, what, what can we tell someone that's 45, 50, 55 that hasn't really been there yet? Um, what are some of the shows coming up? that they might go to what are some events Uh, you mentioned uh the the cool uh fitness event you're you're a big spinner cycling spinner and you talked about that event being april 22nd what other things would you tell someone who hasn't been there yet so we can get them to see the great venue
1: sure so we have a great show on november 25th featuring our hometown favorite the clarks and uh the clarks always put on a great show so now you can see them in our very intimate experience and catch up with friends. We'll be featuring Donnie Iris and Joe Grashecki and some of the other local favorites. Um, some other exciting events that Stage AE will be hosting next year, we are building a uh, farm to table event called Plow to Plate. And that will be our version of a an, an organic food experience featuring local restaurants, bartenders, but more importantly, our local farmers in the area, and uh, look for that event next fall. So not only do we do concerts, we've also become the hottest venue for weddings.
0: Really? Uh, Really. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So my Mm -hmm. counterpart is uh, Director of Special Events, Renee Lutz, and that's all she does Our special events. Um, I think she's doing about three weddings a year. And generally, young couples that maybe met at a concert or were engaged at a concert—it's funny how many people are touched by music mm-hmm. and want to incorporate that into their special day.
0: So, when you do a wedding there, do you have the wedding where the stand where we be standing? And then you still have your band on stage, or so
1: most do? people actually get married on the stage. Okay, they
0: get married on the stage. They get
1: married on the stage, and then the band will take over, and the the reception would be in the pit area. It dresses up beautifully. Really? I've got great pictures and um, check out our website because it transforms into the most beautiful venue you can imagine.
0: That is really, really cool. So, yeah. you've been there since the beginning. Talk about the early days as you were trying to build a brand for something that people didn't even know what it was. Sure. Or-
1: I can remember the day giving, you know, various clients, potential clients, tours of the venue when there was just a you know, a layout of the venue. I mean, there was not even a wall and we had hard hats on and I'm promising this spectacular venue because we do have one identical to our venue in Columbus. So I'm showing them pictures of what this is going to look like. Um, and so we had some early uh, adopters that came right on and, and believed in us. But um, our reputation, I think, has uh, certainly grown, and uh, our 70,000 followers on Facebook would probably attest to that. So, Wow. Yeah.
0: So you have to push the No BS Show to those 70,000 followers on Facebook <laughs> right. so they can, they can get their first taste of no bullshit marketing. Right. Speaking of that, um, can we take a time, since it is the No BS Marketing Show, to... Talk about when maybe you were a BS or how you worked around it, because those stories help our listeners because they hear from people that have kind of lived their career dream that are successful, that are doing something they're passionate about, but admit that back at a certain point, they were the BSer. maybe they were a tough employee. Maybe they didn't communicate as well with the team and they often can talk about what specifically happened, what they did to fix it and what the takeaway is for our audience.
1: Sure. So I, I, have never had to truly manage a a sales force or a team of folks, but every summer I do uh, take on a summer intern and that poor victim typically comes from point park, which uh, is one of our partners and it's been quite a learning experience, not only for the intern, but I think more so for me Uh, there've been some great ones. There've been some average interns and then all out, not a good fit. Um, so a learning experience on both ends. Um one year I had an intern who had all the personality in the world and I thought that's what I'm going with this summer. I'm go- I'm going to take on an intern who is full of personality and has no trouble talking to my clients and can sit in on meetings and and voice their opinions. And so that was uh That intern and um, in hindsight found out that uh, that person also had no writing skills, uh, made a lot of grammatical errors, and I was spending more time behind the scenes fixing their work uh, than moving forward and, and getting anything out of that relationship. The following summer, I decided to take the opposite approach, and I thought, well, I will make every student uh, submit a writing um, sample right on the spot. So after the interview, they were you know, shoved into a cubicle, and I said, okay, now write two paragraphs about why you should have this position. And I chose the candidate that had the strongest writing skills. Well, that person didn't have any personality or um, ability to add anything during client meetings and what have you and they were very shy and and so I've kind of gone back and forth I'm I'm still honing my interview skills um to to find the best fit but that's an area that I'm working on
0: Talk a little bit about well I like I like that you're you're trying to adjust and grow and there's no no set way that works with interns we've had the same experience as you where you sometimes get a great one sometimes and and you really can't hire for an intern because it's tough when you try sure. to say let's pick a specific skill so let's move down the path though to talk about that whole partnership Steve Tanzilli the new dean relatively new dean of the school of business at Point Park has been a guest on the show as has Greg Joseph and Greg Joseph of the Clarks works a lot with point park and stage a E talk about that partnership, because I find it to be unique and an opportunity for people that want to get into this field to have the opportunity to be at point park and tie in with a major venue pretty much right across the bridge.
1: Sure. Point park was one of those early adopters. They saw the value of our venue from day one and they truly did come on right, right at the beginning. Um, they've been so terrific to work with. They saw an opportunity to actually teach uh, a class at Stage AE for their sports art and entertainment program. And what a cool experience for these students who are actually coming over to our building and sitting in a classroom, a small conference room that... Um, we have in the back and they can see a band loading in on a show day. They can walk the venue and see all the nuances and go backstage and have guest speakers from our various people on our staff. So um, a great partnership we have um, actively hired all of our guest services folks from Point Park, our interns. We take on about 20 interns every year to uh, manage our street team and our on-street promotions and um, see a lot of value in that partnership.
0: 20 interns from Point Point Park every 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 year. year, So is that like four per semester, five per semester? No,
1: in the summertime, we'll actually have twenty. Twenty. Yes, we have some someone. It's their full time job to manage these students, and um, we get much busier in the summer.
0: And do you then like still have one intern that's in the fall and the spring, or yes, yeah, we have several. Okay, several. I think that the, the whole Point Park Sports Arts and Entertainment Program affiliating with you is such a smart move because it enables them to get the aspect of understanding the promotional part, the mm-hmm. actual artist part, the, all the sales part. It's a pretty, sure. good, pretty good setup for everybody. I think
1: it's been a great marketing tool for them as well. Um, I don't think there are many schools in the country that can boast that their students actually take a class at a music venue.
0: So. Agree. Hey, No BSers, you know I love Laramore's men's and women's designer clothing. It's time for you to take your look to the next level. Laramore's is the place to make it happen for you. How do I know? Because they've helped me for years. You talk about combining professionalism and style. That's what happens when you go with Laramore's. You can shop online at laramore's.com or in-store in downtown Pittsburgh. We're with Kate Lambert, Director of Sponsorships for Promo West Productions at Stage AE. Kate, you've talked about your experience getting to this point. You've talked about a moment where you were vulnerable and had to learn and uh, get a little bit better at the coaching of the interns. You've talked about how you partnered with uh, other people to do a local cycling spinning thing. You've talked about the variety at Stage AE. But before we went live, you said uh, how passionate you are about your work with Big Brothers Big Sisters. Let's talk a little bit about that.
1: Great. So about five years ago, uh, a good friend of mine said would you be interested in serving on the board for Big Brothers Big Sisters? And I said, well, let me do a little research and, you know, see what what the organization's all about and uh, quickly realized that, yes, this was definitely something I wanted to get involved in. Uh, Joined the board about five years ago and got my feet wet and have slowly taken on bigger roles. A lot of them have been in their event planning role, putting on their large fundraisers, their galas that um, raise you know, the largest amount of money for the organization each year. And then about two years ago, I decided, I said, you know, I really need to better understand what a big sister is all about. And I became a big sister. My little sister is in eighth grade at Arsenal Middle School, and we have lunch together every Tuesday. And so now I can honestly say that I am seen firsthand um, so
0: you go to lunch at the school
1: I do I do We sit and eat lunch together, hang out, play games, and talk and um it's it's really quite ironic because here's an eighth grader who actually listens to what I have to say when my own children don't don't necessarily give me that same respect but um you know, we talk about everything. We talk about the opportunities and and basically just opening her mind to um, everything that's out there. She's a refugee from Africa, and uh, I've learned a lot from her as well. So yes, I am enjoying my time giving back. So
0: talk to me about that. If you're a big brother or a big sister, is that the typical commitment is once a week
1: So there's various programs that you can get involved in. I'm in the program called Middle School Mentor to be a middle school mentor. Um, Some folks have a a relationship where they meet on the weekends and they'll actually go and pick up their little brother or little sister and take them out to a ball game or or do an activity with you. Um, We also have a program at Brashear where you meet after school. So there's um, programs that will meet Basically, any time requirement that you have, that you have available, um, that, that's, that's the biggest ask is finding volunteers that can give up their time.
0: If you're, if, you, if someone's listening and they think about that, so walk through, just be give the whole picture, like how much time does someone really need to give to get started and what's the intrinsic gains that you've seen the most of that someone can get?
1: So I'm probably in the least time committed program. Um, like I said, it's 45 minutes every week uh, at school. And then we're off for the summer and we communicate through postcards and and letters. Um, and then you can have a relationship where you are a true big and committing maybe every other weekend to uh, several hours. Um What I've seen happen just in my own experience is this young girl who is extremely shy and very private has begun to trust me. We we are now in our third year together and, uh, she's opening up, she smiles, she laughs, she's becoming a little bit more outgoing and much more confident in herself and in knowing that I'm going to be there every week. I will never let her down. Um, Now, that's not to say that sometimes work does come up and I will have to send a note and say, hey, you know, I can't make it this week. But um, she knows for the most part, I'm going to always be there. I'm somebody that she can count on. And I think that's um, what all these littles are lacking is they maybe have, you know, one parent at home or they're being raised by a grandparent. They don't have somebody that's completely 100% reliable. You mentioned
0: a lot of times the written note. Are you, do they... Frown on email and text.
1: Yes, we we do not text. We do not, you know, post anything on social media. Um, we keep everything very private.
0: Okay. What uh, what process would someone follow if they wanted to get be, become sure. a Sure.
1: So you could call the uh, local office here in East Liberty, or go to their website. I believe it's bbbspgh.org. dot org. Um, but we're always looking for volunteers, and then, if you know giving of your time is not something that you're able to do at this time, we'll always take your money and uh, we have many ways to to donate. We have a program where we can actually um, have you make a monthly donation as little as twenty twenty five dollars every month, and that will go right to the organization and what that money does is that um That fun-to-match relationship that we look over that is constantly being scrutinized and made sure that, you know, everything is safe, background checks and what have you. We really pride ourselves on the safety of everyone involved. Your money is going towards all of that. Um, And then there's also activities that we provide for the littles. So it might be a picnic in the summertime or ice skating in the wintertime. So all of those activities do cost money. So it's about an $1,100 cost for a match for one year. And that's what Big Brothers Big Sisters is constantly raising money for.
0: We're with Kate Lambert, the uh, Director of Sponsorships for Promo S Productions at Stage A.E., who's also actively involved in Big Brothers Big Sisters. Kate, give our audience a tool you use to help you become more productive or to help you communicate better?
1: Well, I I believe communication is essential to everything we do. Um, That was my minor degree, and um, I'm not brushed up on all the apps of, of today. I know there are so many offerings out there. Something that I have found that works for me is a good old fashioned Excel spreadsheet, and that is keeping track of every contact I have. Um, Knowing people's names and how you can get a hold of them and when you last reached out to them is so critical. I document every phone call, every email with a date and if I left a message or if I talked to that person. Um, You walk a fine line in sales that you have to constantly follow up when people ask you to reach out to them in a month you know you you have to do that you have to put an outlook uh, appointment in your calendar so that you remember to look to reach out to them in one month and so i'm constantly taking notes of that and um but nothing fancy.
0: Well, I like that because we'll have clients who will say, "Wow, we're buying this new CRM," and they have like two salespeople and one marketer, and they go and they want to invest in Salesforce.com, or they they want to buy HubSpot. And uh, you know, a lot of times it's just more the actual work of tracking it, and using Excel spreadsheet is fine because what ends up happening with most people uh, when the company does Salesforce, even if they have fifty salespeople. 15 to 20 of them barely use it, Sure, barely know all the nuances. Another 15 to 20 meet the minimum standard, then another 15 or 20 actually use it a lot. And so... It's not so much what the tool is it's just being dedicated to and it sounds like you're really disciplined about it and the spreadsheet's working well
1: it is it's working well you know I have the obvious subscription to the Pittsburgh Business Times and LinkedIn, and I found that those resources alone are enough for me um, I'm a one person department, so um everything is fair game and um
0: So here's your chance to help someone that's 25, 28, 30 years old, early in their career, not sure whether they are doing what they want to do or with the company they want to be with. What advice do you give someone now that you've had a significant amount of your career and been able to look back? What's some tips that you would give that person, either a recent college grad or three, five, seven years into their profession, not sure whether they're doing what they're supposed to be doing?
1: So it really is all about networking. It's all about who you know, and you never know when um, someone you just met is going to play a role down the road. Um, I mentioned that I knew somebody at the Steelers that was because my husband was a partner with the Steelers and I had the f- the good fortune of going on some of those trips with them and so I knew somebody I knew several people at the Steelers and I they- thought you
0: were going to say Jack Lambert was your husband <laughs> No
1: But, you know, they played a role in my career path down the road. I would have never predicted that. Um, I would say, you know, go to as many networking events as you can. There's so many great um, organizations right here in town. And, you know, go to networking events. Put yourself out there. And then, you know, this one might be a little bit um, off topic, but volunteer. Get involved. Give back to our community. I think it's every young person's uh, civic duty. You know, become a big sister, become a anything, just give back. And, you know, it is amazing uh, the networking and the contacts that I've made just being involved in a charity. Um, You know, I sit with 30 other board members and they all represent different companies that have actually become some opportunities for me in my in my work life, too.
0: That's great stuff. Was there anything you thought that I would ask you that I didn't that we should Mm. go over? No, you're just sad you're, you're really did.
1: good at what you do. Oh,
0: <laughs> thank you. You're sad we didn't get to hit the bullshit. there was no bullshit on the, the show. There was that bullshit, so we didn't get to hit the bullshit button. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for being on. Is there any other ones you want to announce that are in December, January coming up? That uh, any shows?
1: Just check our website. Um, it changes on a weekly basis. So unlike other venues that come out and announce their full lineup, we are constantly adding and booking and trying to route bands through Pittsburgh, which can be difficult in the wintertime. They all want to go to those warmer cities. But yes, definitely check our website. Uh, there's so many great acts out there and and we'll be sure to have quite a few of them.
0: Kate, this was fun. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. To our listeners, thanks for joining us for the No BS Marketing Show brought to you by Laramore's Men's and Women's Designer Clothing. Free shipping, free returns. Shop men's and women's designer clothing, shoes, accessories, jewelry, and more online at laramores.com or in-store downtown Pittsburgh. Visit massolutions.biz, B-I-Z, for show notes plus additional marketing and messaging resources. Sign up for the No BS Marketing Weekly Update. You'll receive timely, valuable ideas to improve your marketing and transform your message. Remember, ask yourself, what's the big idea? And build your story around the answer. It's all about bold solutions, no BS.